Amen. How many of you are blessed today? Amen. Waiting to be a blessing, I'm sure. Amen. Praise God. I am so thankful that we live in a country that is free. We are free. I know she has her problems. But listen, we have a established standard. It said, in God, we trust. He established, we established a nation that would surrender to God, follow his direction, follow his course. But how many of you know that our God decided to send his son... And over 2,000 years ago, he brought the real liberty that was needed to this planet. All over the world, literally, Jesus accomplished what was necessary that everybody could be born again, filled with the Holy Spirit, healed, delivered, and set free from every form of bondage and darkness. In one swipe... Of the loss of blood, Jesus satisfied the gavel of justice. And because of that, we're free. Amen. We live in a nation that has a standard that was established upon godly principles. Amen. Thank God for that. Amen. How many of you know Jesus is still the lily of the valley? He's the bright morning star. He is your faith. He is your peace. He is your joy. He is your victory. Everything that you put your hand to, he says he will cause it to prosper. You're the head. You're not the tail. You're above only. You're not beneath. Amen. I feel the anointing of God beginning to rise up on the inside of me. Amen. God wants you and I to establish in our hearts that greater is he that's in us than he that is in this world. I can do all things, so can you. All things through Christ who strengthens me. I'm a can-doer, not a can't-doer. I can do this. You can do this. Amen? Because he has made a way for you and I to be able to enjoy the fullness of everything that God has. Open up your Bibles. My message has changed just a little bit while I was sitting there. But open up your Bibles, if you would, to Acts chapter number 16. Acts chapter 16. Acts chapter 16. If you're there already, say amen. Amen. We're going to start at the 25th verse of Scripture. It says, and at midnight. Everybody say midnight. Midnight. How many of you know that God sometimes doesn't show up until 11.59.59? That's just the way he is. But he can show up early, and he has shown up early, but sometimes he waits until the very last moment that there is. It says, and at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed, and they sang praises unto God. And the prisoners heard them. It's really important that you get that. The prisoners heard them. In other words, somebody was listening. They had a captivated audience and they were listening to what was going on. How many of you know that we're at that time, we're at that moment in history in the church that the last revival that's going to take place has already begun? 
It's not going to start. It's already started. And one of the, uh, the things that we need to do in order to see it to come to full fruition. How many of you are ready uh, to see the manifestations and not just read about them? It is that time in history that we begin to see. The prophets, the apostles are speaking very clearly, very loudly, that it is the time and the season for the great harvest of the Lord. And we should be preparing ourselves, we should be ready uh, to do exploits in his name. How did Paul and Silas start? Here they are, they're in prison. They've been uh, whipped, beaten, thrown into a cell, put in stocks, and uh, they're naked. They're battered, they're bruised, they're disgusted, I'm sure, with the process. I'm sure they are in much pain, hurting, and everything else, but at midnight. At midnight. Right at midnight, something happened that had not ever happened in the cell block before. They began to sing praises unto God. They began to magnify the Lord. I'm amazed. I'm amazed by you. They were amazed. They were amazed. Something caught up Paul and Silas in that moment in transition in their life. Something got a hold of them. And that something that got a hold of them was Mr. Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost began to rise on the inside of them. The anointing began to swell on the inside of them. And they got so full, they couldn't stand it, and they had to let it out. And so they just began to praise the Lord. They began to magnify the Lord. And when they did that, something supernatural happened. Now, how many of you know that Mr. Supernatural is always ready to do something? He's called Mr. Suddenly in the Bible. Yes, sir. Suddenly, suddenly the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost, suddenly something happened. Why? Because they were all in one mind, they were in one accord, and they were in one place. Just like they were in the prison. They were of one mind, Paul and Silas. They were of one accord. They were singing praises to the Lord. And then all of a sudden, Mr. Suddenly says, I can't stand it anymore. I'm just going to have to do something supernatural. I'm going to have to set these captives free. Going to have to set them free. And so let's go on and let's finish reading. And it said, and suddenly, everybody say Mr. Suddenly showed up. There was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were open and everyone's bands were loosed. Now I want to tell you something. If I was in prison and all the doors were opened, that would be a good time. And my bands were loosed, that would be a good time to escape, to leave. But something had them captivated. Something had their attention. And what had happened was an atmosphere was was created that became conducive for the Holy Spirit to move. Just like we were doing a few moments ago, we were creating an atmosphere that became conducive for God to begin to do something. And so he set some captives free. 
Amen. And that's what he wants to continue to do in you and I. Yes. Is set the captives free. So Paul and Silas were being sensitive to what the Holy Spirit was doing. And so this is what happened. Let's see what goes on. It says in verse 27, it says, The keeper of the prisoner on awakening out of his sleep. He shouldn't have been asleep to start with. But he was. He didn't hinder anything, did he? God moved anyway in the midst of it. And seeing that the prison doors opened, he drew out his sword. Because see, the Romans were underneath a particular uh, jurisdiction and laws that they abided by. If you were a jailkeeper and any of the prisoners escaped, you automatically took your own life. That was the rule. That was the law. Lest you go by a greater means of death than taking your own life. So he drew his sword out because he thought all of the prisoners were gone. But let's see what happened. Supposing that the prisoners had been fled. If I'd have been a prisoner, that's probably what I would have done in the natural. But it wasn't a natural situation. They were captivated by the presence of the Holy Spirit moving in their midst. And it says, And Paul cried out with a voice saying, Do thyself no harm, for we are all here. Then he called for a light, and he sprang in, and he came trembling, and he fell fell down before Paul and Silas, and brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do? What must I do to be saved? Now listen, there had to be something really supernatural going on in the midst of this prison. The Holy Spirit is a gentleman. He'll never put any pressure on you to make you do anything. But if he sees a window of opportunity, he'll nudge you along to get you to cooperate with the flow of what God was doing. So it came to this man's mind, I need to get my life right. Something's going on here that's supernatural. The prisoners haven't left. He doesn't know about all the praise and the worship that's been going on. He doesn't know how the atmosphere got created on the inside of that cell block. But nonetheless, it did. And how many of you know it doesn't make any difference what kind of prison we put ourselves in? It will start praising the Lord and magnifying His name. We'll get the breakthrough that we're looking for. Amen. The kind of breakthrough that God wants us to have. How many of you are singing in the shower? How many of you sing in tin cans? Some of us sing tenor. Ten or twelve miles away. Some of us sing the greatest. I mean, sometimes we use the nozzle and we, we're singing into our microphone. We're magnifying the Lord. But we don't want anybody else to hear us. God hears you. And he takes that, that sound and it's like a sweet sound of savor to him. Yes, yes, yes. Amen. That's how much he loves you. He takes all of your bad notes and turns them into good ones for him. It's a wonderful thing. I don't know how the voice was for Paul and Silas, but it didn't make any difference. The Holy Ghost loved it. God loved it. God did something about it. 
took care of things. And they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved and thy house. Not just him. He says, you can have your whole house. How many many of you believe that the Lord wants your household, all of your relatives, to come into the kingdom of God? Amen. Amen. How many of you are claiming them? Calling those things that be not as though they are. Or as they were. They're alive, they're well, they're moving, been anointed and appointed by the Lord, and they're coming to salvation. Never forget, it's been years and years ago now, my dad was lost, (coughs) and we had gone to visit. And I had made up my mind a number of years prior to that. I'd already been pastoring, and and, uh, he had never heard me preach at that time. And uh, we had gone to visit. He was out in the backyard barbecuing like he usually did. So I went outside and just started visiting with him. And I determined that I was going to talk to my dad just like he was born again, filled with the Holy Ghost, and serving God. So we got to talking and everything else. And the more I talked, the matter he got. And I never will forget, he just turned around. He was drinking his beer, and he turned around, and he said, Philip, stop what you're saying to me. I'm not interested. I said, but dad, I said, Jesus gave his life for everybody. It's not his desire that any perish, but that all come to repentance. He got so mad at me, he took his beer candy and he threw it at me. And he said, would you please just leave me alone? I said, I'll leave you alone, but I'm going to sick the Holy Ghost on you and he's not. (laughs) And I said, I love you. Jesus loves you. And we claim you for the kingdom of God. He said, leave me alone. Go back in the house. I said, fine, I'll go back in the house, but it's not going to change anything. And then we got to have the honor of leading him to the Lord a number of years later. What an honor and what a privilege. The word works when we stick and stay and when we continue, we, we, we keep praising the Lord and thanking the Lord regardless. If you've got a sickness or you have a disease or... You have some type of an ailment, speak to that thing. How many of you know the Bible says lay hands on the sick, they'll recover? Take your anointed hands, put it on that part of your body, and just take authority over it in Jesus' name. And see what God will do. Greater is he that's in you, right? Than he that's in the world. He'll do that for you. He will do that for me. Because it's his desire that we enjoy the kingdom of God. See, we are seeing things. We see things in the natural, but we have to open up our eyes so that we can see the unseen things, the supernatural. How many of you know that you are supposed to be supernaturally natural? Yes, come on. I want to say that again. You're supposed to be supernaturally natural. People are going to say that you're a Jesus freak, a word person. What a compliment. Yeah. He's a word person. He hangs out he, around with those people that are faith talkers, faith walkers. Name, her, name it and claim it. That's right. We name it and we claim it. Their truth. I'm guilty. But the truth of the matter is, is we're going to get results. Amen. O- open up your Bibles, if you would, please, to Psalm 150. 
Psalm 150. We'll start at verse 1. The last psalm in your Bible. He said, praise ye the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Stop there for just a moment. How many of you know we call this a sanctuary? This is a house or a place that, uh, they call it God's house. But how many of you know that God doesn't live in brick and mortar? God lives in your house, this house. What makes this house anointed is you. When you walk in, you come in with the presence of the Lord in your life. That's the reason he says when you get into that place that is called the sanctuary, that you call sanctuary, even though you are the house of God, you are the sanctuary of the Lord. He said, this is what I want you to do. I want you to praise the Lord. I want you to glorify God in his sanctuary, praise him in the firmament of his power. Praise Him for His mighty acts. Praise Him according to His excellent greatness. Praise Him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise Him with the psaltery and the harp. Praise Him with the timbrel and the dance. Praise Him with string instruments and organs. Praise Him upon the loud cymbals. Praise Him upon the high-sounding cymbals. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. So... He wants us to create the atmosphere that is conducive for God to bring about the supernatural. That's an admonition from the Lord to you and I, the body of Christ. If you're ready to see miracles, signs, and wonders, which we are supposed to be seeing, then we, the people, the sanctuary, have to begin to praise God with all of our might, all of our strength, with all of our mind and all of our heart. And we need to let our praises be known to the Lord, how much we love him, how much we appreciate him and what he has accomplished and done and praise him in the hour that we are at so that we can see even at the 1159.59, we can see the great move of God in in a supernatural way. Lester Summerall said, We ministers were talking with him and everything else, and he wrote a book called Miracles Just Don't Happen. In other words, you have to prepare yourself for miracles if you want miracles to happen. And he's trying to get us all to cooperate. Now listen, whenever he says, clap your hands, all you people, what do you think that means? That means clap your hands, all you people. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. How many people? Hallelujah. So we're all supposed to be clapping when it's time to clap. We're all supposed to be shouting when it's time to shout so that we can see the hand of God move. Now, it doesn't say in the Bible what happened to every one of those men that were in the prison block. But I want to tell you something. Their lives were changed that day. I know that they were changed because they didn't try to escape. They were captivated by the atmosphere that was created by two men that had been beaten and put into the cell block with them. 
It only took two. How many of you know he sent them out by twos? And it wasn't just Paul praying and praising God. It was Paul and Silas. They hooked up together and they brought the presence of God because greater was he that was in them than he that was in the world. And they brought the presence. They changed the atmosphere. And it doesn't make any difference where we go. We can change the atmosphere. We don't do it in a, in a way that uh, is not pleasing to the Lord because, like I said, the Holy Ghost is a gentleman. Jesus didn't make anybody follow him. They followed him because they wanted to. They hung up out around the miracles, the teachings that he taught and everything else because they were hungry. They, they were looking for change. They were looking for direction in life. And that's where we're at in the history of time right now as far as the church is. Our greatest hour is right now. Not going to be later, it is right now. Just like it was the greatest hour for the moment in that cell block. Right then. So we begin to praise the Lord. Drop back one other uh, chapter, 149. It says, Praise ye the Lord, singing to the Lord a new song, and his praise in the congregation of saints. Let Israel rejoice in him that made him. Let the children of Zion be joyful in their king. Let them praise uh, his name in the dance. That's the second time he said dance. Let them sing praises unto him with the timbrel and the harp. For the Lord taketh pleasure in his people. He will beautify the meek with salvation. Let the saints be joyful in glory. We're supposed to be happy people. Happy are the people whose God is the Lord. We're happy. We should have smiles on our face. Amen. We should have a a step in in our feet. And it doesn't make any difference. How old we get. I was sharing with the the seniors yesterday. It doesn't make any difference how old you get. It doesn't change the perspective of God for your life. The word doesn't change. The word is the same. Amen. Matter of fact, some of us need to be leading the way. We should be pointing people in the right direction. Amen. How many of you know the younger women are supposed to be taught by the older women in the church? How many of you know the younger men are supposed to be taught by the older men in the church? Why? Because they have some wisdom. They have some some service and understanding. How many of you know there's there's ways that God has given to us? And how many of you know that our elderly should not be just those that come in and sit and we just wait for them to rock in their chairs? How many of you know they should be active? They should be motivated to move in the house of God. That doesn't mean they have to come down front. I'm not saying they have to come down front. They want to come down front, come down front. Jump, hoop, holler, do whatever you want to do. If you can still run, run around the building. If you can't still run, walk. Just do something. Lest you do nothing. Amen. God wants us to be about the master's business. They need to see in us that there is a definite difference in our life. I guarantee you, everybody recognized Paul and Silas, they were different. They were different. They were affected by the atmosphere they created. They knew that. They saw that. They believed that. 
Let's finish this one up. He said, let the saints be joyful in in glory. Let them sing aloud upon their beds. Diane and I used to sing upon her bed all the time. We stopped singing. We used to sing ourselves to sleep. Amen. How many of you did that? Man, we got in some pretty good harmony too. When the anointing dropped, I mean, it, it, uh, you, it can move you. It may give you a good night's rest. Good night's rest. When you wake up refreshed in the morning. You might not have started out sounding real good, but I guarantee you before it's over with, the Lord will either change your ears to where it sounds good, or he'll actually change your voice. He said, let the high praises of God be in their mouth and a two-edged sword in their hand. This is the two-edged sword. Called the Bible. The B-I-B-L-E. The Bible. Amen. (laughs) To execute uh, vengeance upon the heathen. And punishments upon the people. To bind their kings with chains and their nobles with fetters of iron. To execute upon them the judgment written, this honor have all his saints. Praise you the Lord. Now that doesn't mean to go get them and, and, and you know, handcuff them and, and tie them down and everything else. It means that you do it with the word. You do it with the word. Here's a, here's a couple of scriptures that will help you. It says in uh, Proverbs 4 and 23, it says, Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Proverbs 18, 21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. That's what I did with my dad. I spoke life over him, even though he was dead in his trespasses and sin, but there's someone who took care of those trespasses and sin. He just hadn't acknowledged it yet. The word power there means a, a control or gives direction. The power is in the tongue. It gives control and it gives direction in your life. Proverbs 6 and 2. Thou art snared with the words of thy mouth. Thou art taken with the words of thy mouth. For years and years, I used to look at that as a negative scripture. That thou art snared with the words of thy mouth. Then one day, I got this great revelation. Maybe you got it the first time you read it. But I didn't get it for a while. I said, Lord, the Lord should show me. He said, it's good to be snared by my words. I said, say that again. He said, it's good to be snared by my words. That word snared means to be captivated by it. Caught. Caught by it. How many of you know we need to be captured by the word of God? So that the word of God becomes the essence of life for us. Because his truth is everlasting. It will never fade away. Matthew twelve thirty seven. For by thy words thou shalt be justified. And by thy words thou shalt be condemned. 
How many of you know that your testimony and my testimony is very important? What I say is very important. How many of you know our words are containers? They contain something. Whatever I say. How many of you have ever spoken words that you wish you could have gotten them back and put them back in? You said some things that you shouldn't have said. How many of you know sometimes those things, they trail you for a while? And the only way you can break those words is to repent, ask God to forgive you, and to move forward. And for them, him to remove those from those that you spoke those words over. And ask for forgiveness. And move forward in your life. It's not a hard thing. It's what the Lord has instructed us to do. Go with me to Psalm 100. I know I'm deviating from everything that I gave you back there. I'm just going to go with the flow. Is that all right? He said, make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Notice he said, make a joyful, not an awful. (laughs) A joyful, not an awful noise. Make a joyful noise. He didn't say it had to be on pitch. It didn't have to be on key. He said, just let it be joyful. He said, out of thy belly shall flow rivers of living water. I know that's not, that's not just speaking in tongues. That's, that's magnifying the Lord. Be joyful in your relationship. Amen? Remember I told you that happy are the people whose God is the Lord? We're supposed to be happy. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm happy. Some of you need to tell your face about it. If you're happy, smile. It takes less muscles. It takes less muscles. It's a proven fact. It takes less muscles to smile than it does to frown. Thank you, Lord. Amen. We're happy, happy, happy. Have you ever had somebody say to you, how come you're so happy? How come you're smiling all the time? It's because happy are the people whose God is the Lord, and I'm part of the people. So I'm happy. There's no sense in being sad, mad, disgusted. Although sometimes those things try to enter in, the enemy always tries to steal, kill, and to destroy. He doesn't want me to be victorious. He doesn't want me to walk with a, you know, a, a, a sure, an assured step in him. He doesn't want me to lay hands on the sick. He doesn't want me to speak uh, awesome words of God's uh, uh, rendering over people's lives. He, he wants me to just follow in with the rest of the world. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. Even when I was in the world, I didn't want to be like everybody else in the world. Didn't. I was, I was different. I was a leader. God had me to be a leader whenever I was a little kid. I loved doing those things. Wanted to lead, wanted to be a part, wanted to touch people's lives. Even when I was young, didn't even know... That it had anything to do with God. But that's what God wants us to be. We're different. Look at your neighbor and say, you are different. Look at your other neighbor and say, you're really different. (laughs) Joseph is different, I'm telling you. He's different. 
He is, but he's a good different. Amen. We've got a lot of characters in the body of Christ. I'm telling you. We do. We do. Some of the happiest people that are on this planet earth are in the house of God. And some of the ugliest and the meanest ones are in there too. I got a smile on all of you then. So if you're one of those that's always ugly and got a wrong attitude, change. It's time for change. Because this house is coming into unity. We're coming in unity in this community to see to it that it is all changed. Why do you think God is putting up all these houses around here just so they can be houses for people to live in? Or how about because he's bringing people from all over the country into this area because they're destined to come here? Amen. And by the eye of faith, you need to see every seat in this room filled. Both services and then overflow only for the people. And that's going to be outside watching the TV until we can do something else about it. We've got to have 2,000. Do we have vision? Do we have purpose? Is there not a cause? There is the cause. There's hurting people outside these walls. He said, love them for me. That's what Sister Carolyn, that's what God spoke to her. There's people outside these walls. How many of you know that in all of these neighborhoods around us, this neighborhood right over here, I mean, they're springing up so quickly. I saw yesterday as I was driving by, I, I, I saw... I don't know how many cars were there. There were lots of people. They must be having a sale on homes or something because they were coming from everywhere to find them another place to live. Houses are selling like hotcakes. They're just going up everywhere. Apartment complexes are going up everywhere. Because something's going on in this area. This is a hot pocket for God. You have to believe that. You have to believe that this is a hot pocket. And I want you to know that you have the best church in town. Yes. You have the best pastors in town. And we should be telling people, I go to the best church that has the best pastor, the best music department, the best youth department. Everything that we are doing, it is the best. It is top quality for God. Amen. Come and see for yourself. Matter of fact, we'll come get you. We'll bring you to church. Amen. Well, did you get that? Go to with me, if you would, please, to Romans. This is going to be the last one, I think, before we close. Romans chapter 4. We're still talking about seeing the unseen. Romans chapter 4. Let's begin at verse uh, number 14. For if they which are of the law be heirs, faith is made void, and the promise made of none effect. Because the law worketh wrath, for where no law is, there is no transgression. Therefore, it is of faith, 
that it might be by grace, to the end, the promise might be sure to all the seed, not to that only which is of the law, but to that also which is of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations. Before him whom he believed, even God, who quickeneth the dead, and calleth those things which be not as though they were. Who against hope, he believed in hope, that he might become the father of many nations, according to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead, but he was about a hundred years old, when he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith. Everybody say strong. Strong. Strong in faith, giving glory to God and being fully persuaded. Say fully persuaded. That what he had promised, he was able also to perform. And therefore, it was imputed to him for righteousness. Now, it was not written for his sake alone that it was imputed to him, but for us also to whom it shall be imputed. If we believe on him that raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead, who was delivered for our offenses and was raised again for our justification. Abraham obviously was not weak in his faith walk. Now, how many of you know that faith, how many of you know what the definition of faith is? Simple. Hebrews 11.1. 1. Now, faith is the substance of the things hoped for. Hope is your Desire, your dream, and your vision. Now, faith is the substance of the things hoped for and the evidence of the things not seen. Faith receives everything that you need in life. It's by grace that you're saved through faith. Not of works, lest any man should boast. When God put you in your mother's womb, he put you with his likeness. You were created and made in his likeness. Where did faith come from? When did you, when did you acquire faith? When he put you in your mother's womb. It was there, but it just wasn't active. You have to activate it. You have to activate what it is that God has placed within you. You've got to be born again. And then from that point, faith is activated. Then you need to get filled with the Holy Spirit so that He can render the Word of God to you, give you revelation, knowledge, and insight into who you are and what you possess in the Lord so that your faith can now go to work. Romans ten seventeen says, Now, faith cometh by what? Faith is matured or faith comes to a different level of understanding and operation. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So what feeds your faith? 
Hearing the Word of God. The Word of God is what makes the difference in your life. It's not going to church. Church does not change you. What changes you is activating your faith so that the Word of God that is presented can bring change to you. Calling those things that be not as though they are or as they were. That's what's on the inside of you. In Habakkuk 2 and 4, Romans, don't have to go there. Romans 1 and 17, Galatians 3 and 11, and Hebrews 10, 38, it says, The just shall live by faith. There's only one scripture that's different, and that's in Habakkuk 2 and 4. It says, And the just shall live by his faith. So you and I, if, if the Lord says it more than one time in the Bible, it must be very important. I'm just because Jesus justified me. His blood satisfied everything. That's the reason we, can, we thank God for our nation's liberty that we have in the Declaration of Independence. But the truth of the matter is, is Jesus gave us all the dependence and independence that we'll ever need. When he gave his life on Calvary. And he took his blood and he sprinkled it up on the mercy seat of Almighty God that was not made by human hands in heaven. When he sprinkled his blood upon the mercy seat, it was what they called telestai. Telestai means it is finished. It's satisfied. The gavel of justice has been satisfied once and for all. So as a Christian, we thank God for our nation that we live in and we're appreciative of everything that she stands for and and who we are as far as Americans are concerned. But the truth of the matter is, is Jesus paid the final price for humanity so that man in this entire earth can be free. Like I said earlier, legally, by, by the spiritual law, legally, everybody is saved. Legally. Because Jesus made it possible for your faith to be activated because of his obedience. Legally, we are healed. Because he says, by his stripes, we are healed. We are healed. And what we're going to do is we're going to appropriate. Say appropriate. Appropriate. We're going to appropriate the Word of God to be activated in our life. We tell our body from our spirit how to live. We don't let our body tell our spirit how we're going to live. We We tell our body from our spirit how we're going to live because we're going to base it upon the Word of God. We're going to see those things that be not as though they were. We're going to call ourselves well. We're going to call ourselves blessed. We're going to call ourselves victorious. We're we're going to call ourselves happy. We're going to call ourselves fulfilled. We're going to call ourselves satisfied to its maximum because we've yielded ourselves to the Holy Spirit to lead us, to guide us, and to direct us all the days of our life. Amen. How many of you know that when you step out of this life, either by way of rapture, you're going to be changed one way or the other, either by way of rapture or by way of death. 
doesn't make any difference which one, whichever one that is. I believe that we're in that season and in that time when the rapture is near. It's coming to a close. The world, it's, it's obvious what's going on in the world. And so we can see that the times and the seasons, the Lord said we'd not know the day, we'd not know the hour, but we can sure see the times and we can see the seasons. And it is upon us. The clock is about to tick. One more move and it's over. That's how close we are. That's why the devil is working so hard to bring such division and and such a mind-breaking so that we would not surrender to the will and the Word of God. These hold all of the truths that are necessary for you and I to enjoy a full life. Amen? Are you happy? Are you glad? Jesus came to set you and I free. My prayer for you and for me is that we activate what God has done for us so that we can see the glory of the Lord. I love reading about the stories, but I enjoy a whole lot more experiencing myself. Amen. When I went to the Philippines, we saw thousands of people touched by the move of God. I asked the question, and I'm sure some of you have asked the question, why don't we see them in America like people see them over in other foreign fields? It's simply this. They don't have the gospel like you do. You have the gospel everywhere. You, have, you can get all kinds of Bible renderings into your hands and read them. You can watch it on TV. You can listen to it on radio. You can go to churches. There's churches everywhere. Churches everywhere. You can go hear the gospel. There, in those countries, not necessarily so. Some places, they just have pages of the Bible. They don't have a full rendering of the Bible. They just have pages of the Bible. And so they're open for miracles. I know when we landed in the Philippines, the people would come out to the airport, never met me in in their life. They come out and they would be out there by the thousands to welcome. And then they would show up at the crusades at night by the thousands. Because they were hungry for something new, something fresh. Everybody that came from America were wealthy, so they wanted to see what wealthy looked like. They didn't know that we only had two dimes to rub together. We were from America, the land that flowed with milk and honey. And so they automatically thought that everybody from America was rich. Well, we are, because we've got the word. We've got the word. Amen. Did you receive this this morning? Praise God. Praise God. Amen.